0: Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 53, number of Bill Romanowski. I don't know if you remember Bill Romanowski. Of
1: course I do. Do you?
0: I don't know if he was before your time. I remember <laughs> he was a real piece of work. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, uh, episode number 53 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. We are paving the way. We are your lead blocker to fantasy l- glory, excellence, trophies, parades, Moral superiority, all those things, we are paving the way for that. I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Uh, we almost got week 12 in the books, Wolf. I mean, the fantasy season, the fantasy regular season is almost over.
1: And for some unfortunate souls like myself, it is over in some leagues. Really? I got fucking buried. Oh, my joke, ragtag bunch of misfit uh. loser asses couldn't pull it out for me and that's understandable I mean even no matter what the guy I faced put up like 150 or, or some Joe he's the number one seed in the league so I get that and without Mahomes without Cooks with Melvin Gordon hurt in the first half I mean it was just one of those things the the Humphreys and Winston Stack I, I know we talked about that one came through made me uh, have a little bit of false hope nothing like false hope right but uh, ultimately my pathetic bunch Sutton 1.9 Scantlings 0.3 oh just embarrassing lineup just in embarrassing team it's almost kind of just like nice to have the the horse shot in the head with this one and i have a couple other great teams i can now focus on but they i mean i shouldn't say that. It's fucking devastating i was That's depressed nice. all night i was screaming fucking obscenities about jordan howard into the night howling away uh, i just oh, i can't fucking go talk about him or i'll just go throw up into the toilet how about you though how was your weekend
0: <laughs> well i mean i think I, i'm gonna go one and three for my teams but the oh. one the one that i give a shit about is the one that i'm gonna win Nice. Um, I lost the RSJ league. I told you I was gone. I had all my best players on bye, and I'm playing Keegs. Unfortunately, because yeah. it seems like even at marginally full strength, I probably would have beat him. I'm actually mm. not out of it if Lamar Miller really goes off. I could still win, but I'm not
1: counting How many do you need from Vanilla himself?
0: I'm down 16. He has Dion Lewis. I have Lamar Miller and uh, the Tennessee kicker. So it, it's not, yeah, a, not it's, it's, it's not impossible, but I, I don't think I'm going to win. But anyway, uh, hopefully, I'll see Keegs a third time in the playoffs. But anyway, I, I won in my the league I care a lot about. My guys came to play. It's the first time I've been full strength in like five weeks, mm-hmm. um, and I, I brought the Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle backfield to, to you know to the table. Uh, and you know, I got DeAndre Hopkins going tonight. I had Philip Rivers who like had like one incomplete pass the whole time. Gronk finally caught <laughs> me caught a touchdown, which was nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders showed up for me. So I had a pretty good day. I won. Uh, it's all about points now. I, I got. I'm unfortunately playing a team next week with the playoffs on the line, and he's 11 and one. So, oh, baby, right? We'll see. You what have happens. to earn
1: your way in. That, that's always the best. Yeah, like, it, you beat his ass. You're going with the momentum. I you, could, kind of, you know, you hang your hats on that. You have some pride about beating that.
0: Yeah, I have pride about it, and I. I think that when my team's full strength, I genuinely believe I'm the best team in the league. But we'll see what happens. I um. I could still go if I lose to him, but I'll need help. Like, right. Mm -hmm. If I win, I'm the three seed. And if I lose, I could be anywhere from the three to like seven. So we'll see what happens. All right. We got some big games. Uh, Obviously we got the Texans and the Titans tonight, Monday night, but we're going to recap some of the week. We're going to tell you some of the risers, some of the fallers, some guys you should be taking your last ditch penny stock, uh, You know, gamble on, and then we are going to get into it at the very, very end. We're going to talk about some guys that we think that maybe, maybe, maybe you might be interested in because it is of course cuffing season mm-hmm. and uh, we would be remiss if we did not address cuffing season here as we near the end of week 12. Wolf, <laughs> is it cuffing season for you like in, in real life or
1: just well, in- what What do you mean? I'm, I, my visions only dream about 240 pound big burly running backs that I can cuddle up to during this time of the year. <laughs> it, 240 it pound running leader. backs who don't play. Like, no, I'm, I'm I only I- Interested in the guys on the bench? Exactly. That's that's what the cuffing season's all about. But I mean, granted, it is that time of the year to rewatch Game of Thrones. The final season's yep. about to come on, so real life cuffing season full in effect. Guy, got, got you know, definitely some interesting uh, an interesting lead for cuffing season okay. for sure. Things have been going really well, shockingly, for the Wolf. Uh, usually, that's not the case. So here, here he goes. He hasn't fucked it up during fantasy football season of all the times. That's time the time the to world. fuck it up too. That, that's that, when oh, you're vulnerable. That, that is what I am at by far the most vulnerable until they realize fantasy football never ends. And that's when they usually run. They get it during football right, season. During a while, I mean,
0: for you, it ends less than most. <laughs> I mean, you know, like once we hit February, you're like, well, got to pump
1: out my big board
0: for 2019.
1: Uh, the goal is actually to have New Year's Day of uh, relaunch. I haven't even gone over this with you yet, but hoping to relaunch the new brand new website that's fully in the works right now. Day of January 1st, 2019, the new year hits with brand new 2019 rankings, some stock profiles, everything else. That's the goal. We'll see. You got a So month
0: anybody left. that's interested in, in cuffing with the wolf this Ooh. winter, just be aware that <laughs> you're not going to get like all of his attention or even most of it or even – like 30% of it. 140-pound
1: anyway. backs
0: deserve all the attention. What can I say? Spencer Ware, I'm looking at you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my podcast, uh, the podcast today, we're going to address uh, some of the risers first. And some of them are pretty obvious. Christian McCaffrey, jeez. Yes. I mean, 17 rushes, 125 yards. I mean, that's a gaudy stat line in itself. Also had a touchdown. And then, of course, he hauled in, I don't know, 11 out of 11 targets for 112 and another score. Are you kidding me? Like, that I'm is kidding. a ridiculous stat line. I mean, you know, the Panthers lost the Seahawks, and so real-life football was a game with huge implications. But let's talk fantasy. Mm. I mean, I, it, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more impressive PPR stat line than that.
1: In fact, it was the highest fantasy total of the year, regardless of really? scoring. Uh, unbelievable performance. Yeah, but it was the highest-scoring fantasy total by any position uh, in this was his hardest room schedule so just keep that in mind the guy's averaging the six most touches per game 20 and a half and now gets tampa bay cleveland new orleans and atlanta over his next four just all very generous to passing games and most of them very generous to running games new orleans stops the run decently uh, but still he's going to catch a million balls against the saints as well so you've got to feel great about what this guy is doing and this is one of those times where You know, preseason, you never want to go fully aboard and jump all in. But this was one where we had him in our guide as the overpriced one in our first guide before August hit. Afterwards, we said this is the one guy we're taking a 180 on. We've seen the usage. He's been in 90 percent of the snaps. And it's really panned out. This guy has fully lived up to all the hype uh, that the preseason was kind of generating for him. Even after week one and two, I remember – Uh, You know, we both talked about, are you worried about McCaffrey's low output so far? And I remember looking, seeing, nope, he's in on 90% of the snaps. You know, he hasn't gotten in the end zone, but we saw that he hadn't given up any goal line looks to C.J. Anderson until this game. He fumbled in that, and they're giving him a little slap on the wrist. Don't sell him buy low if you can and if you took that advice then it's paying off for you in gold this week what an unbelievable performance from an unbelievable player moves into my top three overall on the rest of season big board uh, I don't I can't even know if maybe it's number two considering the schedule Todd Gurley really the only guy I can confidently say I'd rather have over McCaffrey and I'm not even sure I'm that confident in that statement so if you want to check that out rotostreetjournal.com slash big board ROS uh, if you want to see those rankings where they, they um, lean now the top Top five, though. I, I know we have a couple guys to cover, but there's like a top five. And sorting them out today took me about like an hour just for the first five. And I was like, this is going to take me forever to do this big board. Can you name the top five you think in my big board, Nat?
0: Oh, uh, for the rest of the season? Rest of the season. You take in strength of schedule and stuff into account, I guess. I
1: do, but I mean, some um, of these but, guys okay. are
0: just so, – it's clear five workhorses. So Gurley, McCaffrey, clearly. Huh? Uh, I'm going to say probably Kamara. Um, Ooh, number six, actually, okay. number six. All right, I'm just going off the top here. Let me think. Yeah, no, just to it's s- tough. It's tough. I got you. No, but I mean, I didn't feel great about that one. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, if you're on rest of the season, strength of schedule, maybe David Johnson. He's but, up there with the same schedule, but, but it's, uh, I don't, it's I don't, Nick, Not Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb. He's, he's not right Nick on Chubb. the verge,
1: too. So those guys were just teetering on there, but you got Saquon Barkley and there, Kareem Hunt.
0: Adam Thielen? <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I, seriously, the way that that guy is absolutely balled out uh, deserves to put Zeke Elliott as well, the way he's really turned the yeah. season around. Uh, Saquon and Zeke, the only ones a little bit question marks yeah, in the I mean, overall I offense. I, I might rather
0: have uh, Kamara and, uh, you know, whoever I said at seven. And I might – I mean David Johnson. Chub I might even rather David have Johnson. Nick Chubb than than and, Zeke I mean, or uh, what's-his-face too. I see why that took you a while.
1: And, it goes, and then you see Mike Tom. I mean then you got the whole target hog situation, right? Julio balling out and Mike Tom. It's it just making this big board just the top 20. Don't you kind of want to just
0: do the big board, the 2019 big board? Now I'm kind of excited I, now that you I got know, me talking about Wait right. to
1: do it. I've already started chipping away a little bit at it. It's it's the best. I'm a, I'm already excited to 2019, especially now that the Fez League is buried. On to the next season, baby.
0: Oh God! All right, let's no, talk. Not no, not at all. No, no, have no, win. no, You've
1: got your titles, and I have some titles to win too. That was. No, I'm
0: with you. I'm hoping sports. that I can. I'm man.
1: We're going to get you back-to-back as well. We have Oh, to.
0: dude, that would be huge. I would lord so that over my friends from home forever. Incredible. All right, Amari she- Cooper. She's
1: going for the three-peat, by Sheamus,
0: the way. Sheamus, she- forget she- it. You can she- put she- it in the books for Sheamus. Oh, He's- man, love it. Nothing better. He's done. I love we got to get him on the show before the end of the season. Anyway, Amari That's Cooper. Amari Cooper. Now, I was going against Amari Cooper, who used to be on my team, and uh, I-, I traded him because I was desperate. Yeah, I mean, I got Trey Burton for him, so it was all good. And, uh, what a steal. Oh my God. I mean, I, I had to do it, but now I just look at it and I just want to punch myself in the face mm-hmm. anyway. So I was on the couch and Amari Cooper hadn't done anything and I was feeling pretty good about it. The guy I was playing against had three guys on Thanksgiving going, and I didn't have anybody mm-hmm. and I kind of dozed off because I was drinking early in the day because, you know, I'm just <laughs> because dis- I'm disgusting. <laughs> and uh so I kind of I kind of fell asleep didn't pass out really but just dozed off on the couch Amari Cooper had 1 point when I went to sleep and uh, when I woke up he had 37 uh, oh. about like half an hour later <laughs> and I was just that like no, oh, no, 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 waking
1: no up a real life nightmare no, like I, nice not th- not life. that
0: different than like waking up to like a home invasion with someone like with a gun in my face <laughs> or something you know what I mean? It was. I it, mean you essentially did just get battered
1: and taken in your well, sleep well it was like
0: time. right you know it was similar to like Dez Bryant and Frank Gore like having their way with me in the closet. Yeah anyway. and
1: it your cheeks a little bit you know.
0: Right <laughs> <laughs> not a little bit. I mean what a way to wake up. Amari <laughs> Cooper ate an Nine targets for a buck eighty and two touchdowns on Thanksgiving and the Cowboys 31 to 23 week 12 win over the hapless Washington professional football team. Uh, I mean, first of all, Washington done. Uh, yeah. Second of all, Amari Cooper, talent or not, and we agree he's he is a is a talent. I mean, he's been yes. obviously and underused. No. The Raiders are just such flaming bags of garbage right now. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys have so intentionally used this guy and peppered him with targets. It's almost like I don't know how he could not be successful.
1: Absolutely. I mean you you that's why
0: I mean I would put him in the top ten for receivers right now.
1: He's right up there. Uh, he's up to 37 overall on my big board. I forget exactly what that means wide receiver-wise. I think he falls right inside the top, maybe number 15 on the big board. There's when just, I say 10, like one, not
0: actually having a list. It's just right, like, man, Once his... you go
1: down the list, you realize how many actual <laughs> ridiculous target hogs there are. But Cooper's clearly not far off from them. In fact, could rival any of them down the stretch because of, one, the volume, like you just mentioned. Nine targets, caught eight of them, as you said. And he hasn't really seen below nine, ten. He's hovering right around that double-digit target total every single week as a Cowboy. Now has 22, 349, and three TDs in those four games so far with the Cowboys. One dud, but other than that, he's been a very consistent high-end wide receiver too, if not an explosive wide receiver one come Thanksgiving Day. And then you look at the rest of the season's schedule. The number two easiest strength of schedule moving forward. An absolute cakewalk in the playoffs. I mean, it's just a joke what this guy is going to have uh, going forward the rest of the season. So you got to feel good in terms of just the Talent has always been there, as you were alluding to. Just didn't seem to have the confidence or the the full volume to uh, exploit that. But they're using him so well, in that pristine route running, getting him into those run-after-the-catch situations, that 90-yard score. You just saw the speed oh, is God. 100% full there, just outrunning everybody on the defense. Uh, they're, they're setting up to perfection. As we mentioned with Scott Linehan, he's always preferred just peppering one target when he has him. And that kind of prediction has fully come out to play here with Amari Cooper. Yes, as you said, a low-end wide receiver one. Uh, there still feels like there's that risk he could disappear on you at any minute because it's Amari Cooper. But with Dallas, the volume has been so steady that I don't think he does. The yeah. schedule's so easy that I don't think he does. This is Cooper here to stay. He, he's a beast, and you got to enjoy having him the rest of the year.
0: Two things. First of all, I'm so glad I was asleep during that 90-yard yes. I mean, like, I would have gone ape apeshit. Uh, second of all... Yeah, I mean, I've been burned by Amari Cooper as much as anybody over the past couple years. I mean, I've had some successes with him, too. But i got to say, even though I was pretty much completely out on him, I don't really see him disappearing just because they're so intentional about throwing him the ball. I think he's still going to get his catches, even if he's not getting huge yardage. And we've seen now he can get huge yardage. I mean, look, nobody's bulletproof. Maybe, like, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know. But, like... This guy is going to get looks, so I I think he's a pretty safe bet to score you solid, like you said, low-end wide receiver one at minimum uh, points the rest of the way in. Josh Adams, our third riser, rushed 22 times for 84 yards and one touchdown in the Eagles. 25-22, Week 12 win over the Giants. Man, look what the Eagles are reduced to. Hey, we beat the Giants by three. (laughs) We came back. We had a guy (laughs) rush
1: for 80 yards. Right, so pathetic, so sad. I, this is just a complete shell shock team. Uh, but, man, I'm happy this one ended up panning out because pregame, right on our our Fantasy Tailgate show Sunday mornings, uh, we we talked about how Rappaport tweeted, the plan was to feature Josh Adams, and through halftime he only had four carries. Uh, had a, it had a shoulder thing going on, and it was like, damn, we recommended this guy to a bunch of people. This is going to be horrible. We always uh, hear come... about
0: it, too, when we do stuff oh, like Oh, yeah, that. it
1: deservedly <laughs> so. I love it. Bring it on, rotostreetjournal.com. Wine line. Always hit us up if we blew it for you. But then he goes, it's got to be, I'm going to stat check this one again, but I think this might be the highest carry total any running back has ever seen under Doug Peterson, just a lone running back. 22 carries is true featured back work for a guy, and he didn't do a humongous ton of damage, 84 on a TD, but still a nice, beefy stat line. The volume's what you really like to see because this guy, Peterson, has always been such a heavy, heavy committee guy and 22 is obviously featured back work. He also, Adams, had a 52 yard touchdown run called back, so this could have been an absolute monster-style game, you know, 162 TD-style game. Wasn't that far off for him. So moving forward, He does have the toughest strength of schedule, but if he's getting this type of volume, 15 to 20 carries, uh, he's got a great line in front of him. He's definitely a bet for 80 to 100 yards in a TD each and every week, an instant RB2, out snapping Corey Clement, 78 to 38 over these last two weeks. He is the clear-cut guy here, and there's no question anymore. All
0: right, let's go to Fallers, and the first guy we're going (sighs) to talk about, I'm just going to take a deep breath before we talk about him
1: yeah, because
0: this guy has... Fucked me, mm-hmm. like all over the place this season.
1: Yep, wherever he wants to. Right.
0: I felt so confident mm-hmm. in these. I felt I was so smug. I got him in like three out of my four leagues, and I was like yep. tucking him away. And I mean, I turned down a, a trade straight up. I think in week <laughs> two for a straight up Juju Smith Schuster for him. I turned it down. Um, right. I mean, that would have been nice, right? You know, right. Juju's done all right. Jarvis Landry. <laughs> Three three out of five targets for 30 yards in Sunday's Week 12 win against the Bengals. And it's worth noting that uh, the Browns put up 35 points in that game. So it's not like this was a 9-6 to game or something like that. And one thing you could always count on Landry for, which, by the way, does not always result in fantasy points, is the guy gets the fucking targeted like crazy. Mm -hmm. He was targeted five times in this game. Every time I looked up Antonio Callaway or whatever is catching like a 19-yard pass— What the hell is going on here? Like, Uh, do I do I even start this guy anymore? I mean, it's not my options are limited, so I mean, maybe I have to. Uh, I'm I'm just so irritated about this. This is like ruined ruined my season in one or two leagues, and in my hometown league, if he was doing what he was supposed to, I'd be a lock for the playoffs.
1: I know, yeah. It's absolutely painful. You mentioned Juju and his breath, and that's a guy that a lot of us passed up um, because we wanted but Jarvis To be Landry. fair,
0: we like Juju also. And I, I, I thought Juju. about that deal. I really did consider it. I was just like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm all in on Jarvis.
1: Oh yeah, we were 10 spots higher on the expert rankings on Juju going into the year, but we were also 15, 20 higher on Landry, and that's been one of our biggest misses. And it's not even close, so I thought we had to put this one on there. My apologies to anybody that reached on Landry with the, if you took our advice on him. I accept he has your been apology. Absolutely abysmal, uh, pathetic, useless. Whatever words you want to uh, use here, I don't understand it. I thought the, the route tree was going to be more diverse. I thought with a better quarterback and Baker Mayfield, he was going to light it up. And, and none of that has happened. Even Freddie Kitchens, who's chefed up some great offense over these last few weeks, none of it has gone to Jarvis Landry. Since Baker Mayfield took over, uh, Landry's been under 50 yards in six of eight games. Uh, He's had just 10 catches over the the three games that Freddie Kitchens has been the offensive coordinator. That's 102 yards over those three games. So almost 33 yards. I mean, pathetic, pathetic, pathetic outputs. For Jarvis Landry, and every single re- week we find another reason to love him. If the schedule is looking prime, the Bengals—literally the easiest matchup he could possibly ask for—and the offense clearly took advantage of it, but he was not a part for it. As you mentioned, that was the most concerning part, and you mentioned it. Uh, there's there's no reason to keep starting this guy. I'd rather have, let's say, Josh Reynolds from the Rams, or maybe Calvin Ridley from the the Falcons. There's just so many guys I would rather play each week because at this point, there's just no upside to starting Jarvis Landry. Only downside. If he couldn't take advantage of this one, then then there's no hope here.
0: Another faller, Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, the Eagles' passing attack in general, with the exception of Zach Ertz. Uh, God, what is there more to say about the Eagles? Just they're they're a bad team. football team. I, I mean, you know, it's easy to forget that they beat the Patriots, uh, you know, like a redheaded stepchild in the Super Bowl last year because they're so shitty. Like yeah. this is such a shitty football team.
1: Like, right. Well, f- <laughs> fuck you, one, for having to always work that in. as my every single time you possibly. Well, every can. time
0: we bring up how bad the <laughs> Eagles are, the you know, the, where's the first place you go? Even you think, wow, that's the yeah. freaking defending Super Bowl champions right there, and they right. suck.
1: It's pathetic, uh, and I mean, it's an interesting debate here. Is like, is it personnel? Is it coaching? This goes to their show team's the coaching their team's not that different. Their team's not really that different. It really isn't. I mean, losing Frank Reich and uh, uh, what's the friggin' dude that went to the Vikings? He's the he's their offensive coordinator. Shermer. Uh, ho- uh, what's that? Shermer. Not Shermer. No, he was the Vikings' offensive coordinator. Now he's with the Giants. Who's, oh. who's the oh, Eagles? Right. Uh, that's gonna fucking piss me off. The quarterback oh, uh,
0: coach. Oh, D Filippo or whatever. Yes, his name yes, is?
1: John De Filippo or however you pronounce it they lost both those guys. And we did mention that they could be concerned that the Eagles take a step back on offense for losing these really bright game plan schemers and awesome just overall offensive coaches. And damn, it really has played in whether it's the coaching or loss of talent. It doesn't matter at this point. They've, clearly have taken multiple steps back as an entire offensive unit. Wentz just doesn't look all that healthy. 236 and TD. Pathetic game from him. Alshon, 39 yards, has now been under 48 yards in four straight games after coming out with a vengeance and looking like a, a true number one target hog with like back-to-back 20-point fantasy days, which he had only had two of them the year before. Looked like he was ready to roll and kind of d- just dominate in that number one target hog role. They trade for Golden Tate, uh, add more weaponry, but it's done nothing for this offense overall. In fact, they only look worse each week you, you watch them. It's been absolutely pathetic. I, I really do think a result of lo- – I mean, you look what the, the Colts are doing with Andrew Luck on pace to now set the record for three touchdowns in a row week in and week out, one of the biggest risers on my big board. Nonetheless, the strength of schedule means nothing for Andrew Luck at this point. We, we know we said we'd sell high. That was wrong. He's blowing it up because Frank Reich – Actually knows what he's doing. A couple boneheaded early decisions and yeah, the year. I
0: wrote him off after that yes, Texans you decision. You really did. You well, it a, it's accept. still the dumbest thing I've seen any coach do this year. <laughs> and I saw Hugh Jackson coach for like six or seven games. So that's saying something. But, I mean, they're, they're on fire. They're, they're know, a solid fire. team. I yeah. picked up their defense, and I've been running them in, I think, three of my four leagues. Dropped okay. the fucking shitty Ravens and have replaced them with
1: the Colts. Um, yeah. Next guy so, up. I mean, overall, overall, just completely down for the unit. And I do think it's somewhat coaching at minimum. Uh, maybe the, yeah, all of it's coaching at this
0: point. I agree with you. I also just think, you know, I saw Carson Wentz play all last year, and I'm aware he's not the guy that actually beat the Patriots. That was like an out-of-body experience that Nick Foles had <laughs> for a couple of weeks. But I remember, I mean, you remember Wentz last year? It was like he would just, he would convert on like third and eight, like all the time, third and nine, automatic. third and 12. And I was very impressed by it. And I was like, this guy's great. But I also, in the back of my head, was like, "There's got to be some randomness to this. There's got to be some degree of like, you can't sustain that exactly. Like no one, no one can just do that again, like all the time." And uh, it seems like they're not having anywhere near the success on that they did last year. And I mean, that shouldn't really even come as that big a surprise. That seemed like a gamble that they just continually won last year again and mm-hmm. again and again. And I guess they're not this year. And I guess we'll see him in 2019.
1: And that, and that's what's happening with Andrew Luck nowadays. He's converting literally right. everything The like, guy can't miss. And he's thrown to complete garbage. So I really do think Frank Reich is a huge yeah. part of this loss. No, I agree. Going- I agree.
0: I mean, I, you know, I, I stand by Frank Reich being an idiot and I think he's a great coach and he's <laughs> yeah. proved it. All right. Third guy, Adrian Peterson. What the hell are you doing, man? Oh. Like if you, get convicted of DWI. You don't then go to like the newspaper and be like, yeah, I I generally drink like a bottle of bourbon before I get in the car. Still, still, (laughs) I still do it. Like what's this guy doing? He lost a year of his career for beating the crap out of his kids. And he just volunteers. Yeah. I still beat him with a belt. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, and if you do, okay, like I'm not for it. I don't support it. But you would think he'd at least have the common sense to not just, like, tell the media. What the right. hell is this guy doing? That's not even what this followers is about. But I'm just <laughs> tacking this on to, like, that because it this ain't helping him. Uh, yeah. Adrian Peterson rushing 12 times. I mean, don't you think that's such a dumb thing to do? Stupid What's really he doing, like, man?
1: Fantasy. I mean, everything's going downhill for Adrian Peterson. be I mean, like if <laughs> Josh
0: Gordon just went to the media right now and he'd be like, you should see the freaking brick of weed I have under my bed right now. It's crazy. <laughs> Like, it's nuts how much weed I have. I know, Adrian right? Peterson rushed 12 times for 35 yards in the Redskins' week 12 loss to the Cowboys, adding two catches for nine additional, y- additional yards. So, a garbage day.
1: Yep, completely garbage. And it, it's going to, I think this is just going to continue. We said sell high, and this was well before Alex Smith got hurt, but he was our number one at the trade yeah, deadline, like sell high running back. Uh, and, and it's panning out for us because one Adrian Peterson is old and the, the mileage is starting to catch up to him for sure he doesn't look as explosive he's kind of doing way too much dancing behind the line and getting caught now whereas before he's still able to outrun some people but that that's all gone he seems sapped of any explosiveness but even worse the offensive line is just decimated I don't even know if they have a single starter from the, the beginning of the year and they were a mauling unit and it was fantastic for him they were paving massive holes and he was ripping through them uh, But at this point that's no longer there for him and the overall offense as a whole is just abysmal. You got I mean Colt McCoy leading the charge which is just never going to get you anywhere and in games where they trail Peterson averages less than 12 touches a game and less than 50 yards a game and we saw that on Thanksgiving Day he was our our weighed below running back because of the prediction that they were going to be down and and in catch up mode and that's not Adrian Peterson's game flow and with a a tough schedule moving forward and, and games where they should probably be down when you got Colt McCoy leading your offense. I think it's just straight downhill for Adrian Peterson. So hopefully you sold high. Well, you could have, because at this point his, his values at rock bottom and I don't see it getting up much time soon.
0: Yeah. The, I, I actually looked into moving him in a league I had, and I actually heard on another guy on another podcast doing the same thing. And there weren't a ton of takers out there looking for him. You know, no, I, yeah. I
1: think it was kind of the, the obvious. I think everybody somehow. was kind We're of like, like yeah, I don't it, know,
0: you know, know about him. Anyway, injuries, significant injury in Some the chargers game ones, last yeah. night. Uh, Melvin Gordon, and you have to question Anthony Lynn, the coach Mm -hmm. of the Chargers, leaving the guy, and he pulls Phillip Rivers uh, and puts in Geno Smith, I think, actually. He had a Geno Smith sighting, which was nice, but left in Melvin Gordon, at least for a little while, and Mm -hmm. the guy suffers an MCL injury against the Cardinals. That ain't good.
1: No, not at all. And it came on like some stupid, like reverse play call that was just absolutely awful. Grade two MCL sprain is the latest that just came out with uh, from Ian Rappaport today, uh, so he's gonna miss most likely a couple weeks. They say, and I imagine uh, that means at probably the, the the majority of the rest of the fantasy season if not all of it uh, uh, that he should be back by the end of the regular season if all goes well said the report but even then you know what does that mean week 17 to kind of get him ready for the playoffs at that point the damage is done so hopefully you owned austin eckler which is just one poor one out for melvin Gordon. what an absolute monster season this guy was having just yeah. uh, the, the more I he would have
0: been I, your top five i'm assuming
1: oh a hundred percent would have been locked in there it was number two <laughs> as early as last week before this injury happened so it's very unfortunate. Uh, going into next year, of course, he's going to be in your top six. Overall, uh, the guy's an absolute monster and a great overall offense. And I'm just watched him more as an owner this year than I ever have in the past. I was so impressed with the way he just broke yards after contact, and he's just a much better running back than I gave him credit for. It wasn't just the setup; he's a great player. So it's unfortunate. So what what do you make of it in his aftermath? Well, one Austin Eckler. Hopefully, you had him handcuffed uh, because Eckler looked like a beast in his absence. Got racked up 21 fantasy points. Has always been a monster in the passing game. Saw 11 targets and was a, was a beast with them so you can expect Eckler to see a nice 15 or so targets moving forward and an excellent play uh, high end RB2 rises all the way to 39 overall running back 18 right in that tier with James White and you know, Mark Ingram I consider Eckler right up there as the, the low end RB1 high high end RB2 status but the other guy you got to note is Justin Jackson completely undone at this point uh, but now becomes easily one of the most priority adds here uh, and only 7 carries ripped up 57 yards 8.1 one yards per carry and could definitely see some of that big back work. Lots of goal line touches and they've got the third easiest rest of season in playoff schedule for running backs so love Eckler and I think Justin Jackson really carries some huge stretch run upside uh, because they definitely seemed hesitant to give Eckler that full full workload in the one game Gordon missed this year. I can see Jackson getting a nice 15 carries or so uh, and being a beast with it down the stretch here.
0: I like Eckler. I'm not quite sure I'd put him quite up with James White and Ingram. I would put him a little below that. But I hear what you're saying, and I mean right. He's, he's in the
1: same tier. Not not the. I have him below both of those guys, but just like just below that. Yeah, yeah not
0: far below. I agree. I agree. Uh, Jack the Beanstalk Doyle. Speaking of just Andrew Luck's targets, uh-huh. I mean, he seems to be able to hit everybody. Yeah, I mean, the beanstalk's been chopped down for the rest of the year, I believe. The athletic Mm -hmm. Stephen Holder reporting Jack Doyle is expected to be replaced on the dreaded IR with a quote unquote unspecified injury. So it's unclear whether it's like a a beanstalk injury or (laughs) some other uh, football related injury. Uh, Anyway, it was suffered in Sunday's Week 12 win over the Dolphins, possibly while he was doiling somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jack the beanstalk Doyle, fantasy implications there?
1: No, absolutely huge with uh, Eric Ebron moving forward, uh, who's obviously one of the best red zone threats in the league, uh, tied with Tyree Kill with 11 touchdowns on the season. That's just so unbelievable what this guy – isn't that ridiculous? It's yes. Just insane what this guy has been putting up on the year on very limited snaps. That's, you know, playing 30% of the snaps, seeing only three to four targets a game, still racking up touchdown after touchdown. But when Doyle was out, Ebron was an absolute monster, legitimately a top two tight end week in and week. Out he goes from now being a you know roughly 20 to 40 percent snap guy and seeing 3.7 targets per game when Doyle was in there to now seeing 80 to 100 percent of the snaps when Doyle was out to seeing 10.0 targets per game when Doyle was inactive. So that insane volume bump means only better things for Eric Ebron, who the only risk with him was the inconsistency. He could disappear completely when you're playing that low of snaps and seeing that low of targets. Now he's gonna have a steady. of both, and combine that with the insane red zone usage and red zone production, he could uh, he moves up to tight end four for the rest of the season. In my big board, maybe even tight end three, considering how shaky Mullins has been lately with uh, with George Kittle. I might consider moving Ebron even above him. There's very few Titans other than Kelsey and Ertz that I could confidently say I'd rather have than uh, Eric Ebron moving forward. Unbelievable value boost for him. And I I just missed the the Beanstalk, one of my favorite all-time players for sure.
0: I miss him already. Marlon Mack. I mean – Injury, nothing new to this guy. He was forced from Sunday's game against the Dolphins with a concussion. He did not return. That, of course, opens the door for Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines, uh, former Roto Street Journal darling. What do you think (laughs) about the Colts' backfield?
1: Uh, it's again, a sloppy mess has been so committee ridden when Mac is out. It's going to definitely be a timeshare, but Wilkins has looked pretty explosive on his limited usage. Hines, when Mac was out, had a plenty of double digit fantasy efforts, tons of receiving usage. Now with yep. Doyle removed, even more intermediate targets available. So Hines, definitely the first one I'd look to. We've seen him get it done, been more consistent, but Wilkins will be that next man up at the goal line. And he's rumbled at the stripe and the minimal chances he, he's gotten in the preseason looked good mm-hmm. there in the regulars season did all right there so far too so four percent owned uh, maybe mac's going to be back anyways so it's not like it's lock a month blow all your money get these guys immediately but definitely Hines at minimum should be much more owned than 22 percent. and wilkins at least for mac owners has to be handcuffed uh, with some decent td upside the way the, the colts offense moves you, you got to feel decent about having their their main ball carrier whether it's wilkins mac or whoever it might be but Hines again the first guy i would look to here
0: all right, let's talk penny stocks. Adam Humphreys, 20, we're going to we we're gonna hit these pretty quickly. we got a few to hit, but let, let's at least give them each uh, a little look. Nice Adam, 30 seconds. Adam Humphreys, 22% owned, and it's not like this is the first time we've talked about this guy. The Wolf was nope. talking about him a week ago. I was mocking him for the Winston Humphreys stack. The Winfrey, Winston <laughs> Humphreys stack was
1: the real deal. Wolf knows what he's talking about. He's 22% owned right now. Talk to me about him and fresh off a six of six target day hauls and all of them for 54 yards and a td and he's just always been winston's boy uh he might still struggle because there's so many receiving options there but it's winston just historically the numbers a 76 passer rating when targeting outside receivers as compared to over 90 when targeting the slot and 120 when targeting tight ends he loves to throw over the middle those short intermediate gains and humphreys just looks very explosive after the catch i didn't think i'd ever ever say something of that nature but i've watched obviously every single move of his when starting him and and winston this week and i was very impressed with how shifty he is and how quickly he knifes through the defense with the ball in his hands so big fan of adam humphreys moving forward i think he could be a great wide receiver three down the stretch as long as winston's under center
0: another guy you talked about before david moore Only 10% owned still Hauled in 4 out of 5 for 103 and a touchdown In the Seahawks week 12 win over the Panthers Not to be confused with DJ Moore Who's on the other side blowing up But I remember Mm -hmm. you recommended both of these guys
1: yeah, and D.J. Moore uh, moving forward, a fantastic option now that we've seen it back-to-back weeks, the easiest strength of schedule of any receiver. So D.J. Moore, I like much more than David Moore, but you have a better shot at owning David Moore, who's only 10% owned right now, had that big game. He just re- rifled off those stats. Uh, we've talked a lot about how we buy into Russell Wilson for a 2nd half candidate with a much more shootout-style schedule uh, with some weak passer defenses, and-, and we love nothing more than comeback Russ Wilson. Well, that seems to really benefit David Moore right now. Baldwin looks a little bit banged up. He re-aggravated that groin injury in practice and Moore really stepped up uh, to, to take over the bulk as the leading receiver on the team. Catches a touchdown. The, the volume's not high, so it's volatile. It's nerve-wracking. It could disappear on you at any minute, but with more and more shootouts lined up for this second half, uh, Russell Wilson loves this guy for the big play. He caught a 54-yard bomb and then he catches a, the game-tying 35-yard touchdown. That just goes to show you how much faith the team has that Russell Wilson has in this guy to make the plays when they matter the absolute most he's been a red zone beast all year and I definitely don't think this is the last we're going to see of him so he should be much more owned especially for the wide receiver needy
0: all right Ty Montgomery nine percent owned personally you can keep him I'm not interested but sell I- me on Ty Montgomery here
1: uh, there's no need to sell on you too hard. I'm not sprinting out and blowing all oh, my budget or anything like that. Uh, this is just kind of a note that he seems to really have taken over the uh, the Buck Allen role that used to be the Buck Allen role. They've completely swapped their backfield out with Gus Edwards now being the Alex Collins the and Ty Montgomery. Yeah, the bus. What a beastly day for him. You called that yards. one. You had a lot of Mom home runs yesterday, even yeah, though your I mean, team would suck. Even, not for myself, but for everybody else. So that's, I guess, uh, you know what matters at this point for the business. Uh, but Montgomery, seems to really have taken over uh, to, to complement the bus, and they've swapped out the backfield entirely. They have the easiest strength of schedule for running back, so the bus will continue to pummel teams and steamroll them. But when he needs a breather or they need a pass catching down, it's going to be Montgomery. I can definitely see him uh, finding his way in the end zone at least once or twice between now and the end of the season. And just again, that, that's a pretty productive role for that backfield. Lamar Jackson liked to dink and dunk a little bit there. Yeah, I'm just actually shocked. Uh, this has nothing to do with his waiver wire uh, ad, but Montgomery—he's fucking jacked. I never realized it. Maybe yeah, who per-
0: was it that yeah, came on our show that that was—it was either this year or last year. But we had a guest, a fantasy wolf, and he was all about Ty Montgomery. Yeah, you remember? Do you remember who it
1: was? Who it was? Uh, It might have been Derek. I can't remember. But I mean, and I mean,
0: and it was for that reason. It was
1: Andrew uh, Andrew Erickson. Erickson. uh, Okay, so he put him in a a the spin cycle. We dominated him on the Wolf segment when you look back at the predictions. We we did,
0: but he. And I mean, it's not like it's not like his Ty Montgomery pick was like a great pick. But he did reference the
1: size of the guy. He's fucking humongous. His arms are. He's like Derek Henry. He's like a
0: big dude
1: yeah he's a really big dude a smooth pass catcher obviously as a converted receiver uh so if nothing more you want to add some bicep size to your team Ty montgomery is a great place yeah. to start
0: all right uh just real quick we're gonna i'm gonna we're gonna finish up with handcuff uh with cuffing season but mm-hmm. i just want to ask you a separate just football question not really fantasy related are the broncos like sneaky not as bad as we kind of thought they
1: were I really don't think they're bad at all. In fact, if, I, if you're making a, a list of who would worry me as a Patriots fan in the playoffs, the Broncos wouldn't be far away from the Chiefs-Steelers, and maybe they're the next team. Uh, we wouldn't have to go there and play, which makes a huge right. difference. Playing in Denver is terrifying. And it, it, on the road, I'm not so sure they're going to get it done in the playoffs, but ultimately, they, the pass rush they can generate, the running game with Philip Lindsay. I mean, that guy has been an absolute steal of a find. And fine. Keenum's not bad. Keenum can get the job done. He's not good. But I didn't say he was enough. good. I
0: didn't say he he's was good. Enough. I said he's he, not he, bad. He's, he's the best not. quarterback they've had in there since Peyton Manning, maybe the year, <laughs> a maybe a time, year or two yeah. before they won the Super Bowl.
1: Right, yeah. He, he's definitely more serviceable than anything they've had in a long time. So, yeah, I, I think the Broncos I mean, beat the Steelers. One of the better teams in the league goes to show you they the type the of Chargers upset. They too. And a lot of their, their losses have been very close. They've played the, yeah, Chiefs, they played the Chiefs really Chiefs hard twice. Times. You know, they, yeah, they, they're a tough team and they're going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs, especially if they make it in and then the cold weather hits and all that. Uh, but away from home, I think they're much more susceptible. Uh, so they don't terrify me if they, if they somehow get home field advantage or one then I'd be terrified. I don't, they don't think they're going to go to the playoffs,
0: but I think their next four games are like, I'm going Very to, get, I'm going to get one of these wrong, but it's like, it's like Bengals, Cardinals, Raiders, and uh, like 49ers, Browns, are, the Browns, are Browns are maybe. The-
1: I think the Chargers are on there too. I think Chargers and Browns. Well, they the just ch- beat the Chargers.
0: No, they have the Chargers in Week 17. Right, the last so, so, the Chargers are so, arresting people. Right, right. Like, I mean, so well, I mean, so I'm just saying they could go four and zero oh in their next four. We'll see what happens.
1: Really, and then they would sneak in most likely. They'd, they'd be nine and six, six in
0: Week strong. 17 against the Chargers. That'd be interesting. I, I mean, interesting. I, you know, I'm a Broncos fan, so I'm just interested to
1: know what you thought yeah right. I, I, they they 're impressing me the way they, and they, uh, even in their losses they 've impressed me too, so
0: now it is cuffing season i 'm going to give Ooh, you baby. two minutes
1: on the clock, and I want you to
0: tell me everything that I need to know about the potential handcuffs to own if you're going into the playoffs and you have designs on winning a fantasy title. Go
1: ahead. Absolutely. And this goes for both You know, your owners of workhorses and just if you don't and you want to stash them upside on your bench, this is the time to do it. We are now officially over with bye weeks. Hallelujah. Thank God hell is off the map. Uh, And so at this point, there's no need to stash those mediocre Ty Montgomery's after we just raved about his biceps. You don't really need to waste roster space for that. Instead, compile the most up upside possible or the most insurance possible for your huge investments, those key players you have. And that's where the handcuff comes in. You got to look first at the situation, the overall offense, uh, the productivity around him. Would this guy step in and be a workhorse in a great system and in a great scheme? And if so, make sure you got those guys. And there's not a ton of them this year. There's not a huge long list of guys that you got are must own handcuffs. But this is the time now that you don't have any bye weeks to fight through to look for those upside guys that if somebody went down who would everyone be blowing their entire waiver wire budget or their free agent priority to get a few that come to mind one you mentioned right at the drop of this the episode Spencer Ware uh obviously the Andy Reid system we've seen Spencer Ware act like an RB1 there before big burly guy with good receiving ability would be a true three down horse if something ever happened to Kareem Hunt he'd be my first priority handcuff guy to add after him it's a little bit shaky, but I actually kind of like Jalen Samuels of the Steelers. If I Talk play guy, we've been talking about him for a couple of weeks because one the role for the Steelers is juicy great offense and they love to ride a workhorse behind it uh, but two he's got that tight end eligibility in Yahoo so that would be just cheat code stretch run status it's such an uncertain position to get a Steelers workhorse at tight end that would be insane so Jalen Samuels comes in at number two on the handcuff raider for me and then comes let's say Malcolm Brown for the Rams because it's he's looked good on his, his limited usage you got a great overall offense that loves again the, the workhorse you, you couldn't go wrong with that if something happened to Gurley and Latavius Murray we've seen act as a high-end RB2, low-end RB1 throughout the year when Dalvin Cook's out and Dalvin Cook does look fully healthy back to his explosive self but you can't take his health for granted by any means so I like all of those guys and this isn't really a handcuff I just wanted to plug Rex Burkhead was activated and anytime I can mention Rex Burkhead's name you know I'm going to do it only 19% owned uh, does carry some high touchdown upside if they choose to rest let's say James White and Sony Michelle, and get them packed up for the playoffs i can see Burke had having some sneaky late touchdown upside down the stretch here
0: you're as a patriots fan and as a fantasy fan you're impressed with sony michelle right Absolutely, I mean. I mean did it, you did you see his body bend in a way that a body shouldn't bend in that game? I I, 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 I like season. almost cried. I was yeah. like, "Oh I my thought god!" That was it for him.
1: Yep. That, I, I was like, I thought his and of course, was I him.
0: was thinking about my fantasy season when I almost cried. But like, <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, no, yeah, you're not a Pats fan, so I know you weren't worried about their prospects. I, I will say this: so I mean, he, I like his vision. I think he sees the hole well and hits it and gets the six, seven yards that he's supposed to. For a first rounder, I mean you're talking guys typically like girly and and – you know all these other guys Melvin Gordon these true workhorse stalwarts in the league I don't see that from Sony Michelle so I'm not if I could go back and say is what he's doing replaceable in round 4 for what if Gus Edwards was there I just think their blocking has been so impressive that I could see somebody like Gus Edwards coming in and rumbling maybe not at quite the level of Sony Michelle but not far off either I don't think what he's doing needed to to be a first round investment Still, as a Patriots fan, like at this point, that's, you know, can't cry over us, but whatever. That's in the past. So do I like what he's doing for us? Do I think he's a talented guy? Absolutely. And as a fantasy fan, I'd be very happy to own him. Uh, but I still don't think I would ever say I-, I wish they took the first rounder and spent it on him, seeing the defensive woes we have.
0: Well, I mean, you've spent your other one on, like, what, that like, guy Isaiah Wynn or whatever his name is? I unfortunately, they didn't get
1: anything out of him <laughs> I'd rather either. have
0: Michelle than him.
1: That's true. <laughs> I-, I can't argue that one.
0: <laughs> All right. You got any social media you want to plug?
1: As always, you can find me at Roto Street Wolf if you have any player questions, hit starts, all that good stuff. And then follow us on all our channels. Facebook, Roto Street Journal is the main one I would follow. We got all our sit start shows, our waiver ranking show tomorrow. Uh, I mean not a wave of ranking, a, a regular ranking rundown where I let you in and see how I'm ranking everybody. Great show, great interaction on it so far. Love all the wolves that return for that each and every week. Roto Street Journal on Instagram, Roto ST Journal on Twitter, and of course this is the – fantasy full bag dive if you like what heard if you want these lead blocks for these last four weeks almost there and we will continue to steamroll you to your fantasy championship make sure you hit that subscribe button make sure you review and let us know your thoughts it means the world to us to hear from you guys thanks for tuning in and best of luck moving forward if you have anyone tonight or in week 13 getting into those playoffs baby my name's not the truth jones i'm the wolf see you guys later
0: Second effort, third effort, touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks. <laughs>